Hey guys, Hunter here. If you're like me, you've started to listen to uh, most of your podcasts on Spotify. And if you guys do, it would really help us out if you would leave us a review on Spotify. We've just recently gotten on the platform and we're trying to get our reviews up. So if you enjoy the show, uh, we would really greatly appreciate you going there and uh, clicking a, a review for us. It only takes a few seconds and it will really help us out uh, with growing the podcast and getting the good word of health and fitness out. Now let's get to the show. back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here coming to you from Flowood Studios once again with Caleb and Tyler. And we are going to talk about something really fun today because we got a competition coming up at the end of the month and we have a lot of members who are, are going to be competing. So we're going to talk about some competition strategy, some, you know, week of leading up to strategy, how we would recommend, you know, practicing the workouts and, um, you know, just making sure you're tapered down and getting ready for the competition. And also, you know, maybe a little uh, game day nutrition, you know, that type of stuff. And this doesn't have to be for the Coyote Winter Classic. This can be for any any competition in general. But I think this is going to be a good discussion that uh, can be helpful for uh, a lot of people that can apply also to, you know, not just fitness competitions, but other competitions as well. So I think we're going to have a good dis- discussion here today, fellas. I like the idea of uh, just talking to people because I think for, for most people it's not um the exact same competition or event for someone else and so i think there's going to be a lot of themes that run that you can apply this to anything whether it be you know a 5k or you know it could be something that's as competitive as a crossfit event but um there's probably i think from my experience there's a lot of very similar themes no matter how diverse the event actually is yeah and uh you know we we apply fitness year round. Um, and so the perspective of looking at fitness from a year round, uh, perspective compared to maybe having a short term goal and what leads up to that, um, should look somewhat similar, but then there's, I think there's, uh, and I think Hunter, something I'd like, uh, to hear a lot about specifically. And I think something I've heard from a lot of people is, is the idea of like tapering down, Mm -hmm. like tapering into prepared. So, you know, something I think maybe that could be a, a great topic to discuss is like, what does tapering down look like uh, for, you know, a, a, a big weekend event coming up? So, um, yeah, yeah, this would be good and something I'd be happy to share my knowledge with. You know, uh, I think last year I started thinking back on how I was trying to count up how many different competitions I've done over the years. I started uh, CrossFit back in 2010 and I quickly started competing at that point and competed and, you know, I've competed in every open they've ever had and also regionals and lots of local competitions and that type of thing. And I counted up, I've done over 50, uh, competitions in my life, which is kind of crazy to me to think about. And so, you know, with all those competitions, in-person competitions, weekend competitions, one day competitions, that type of thing, uh, I've learned a tremendous amount, uh, a lot, a lot of trial and error, a lot of made mistakes and, and that type of thing. Um, but there are, you know, a couple, couple aspects of it. Number one is definitely, um, the tapering aspect of it. So once you, you get into the week of your competition specifically, um, you're not really going to do anything that's going to make you fitter um, for the competition. The only thing that you can really do is do something that's going to take away from your performance. And so 
that's where coming in and doing too much the week of can be uh, detrimental. Uh, now, tapering is completely different depending on what the competition is and how many days it is, how many events it is. Uh, so we'll talk about a one-day competition specifically because that's what this is going to be. Um, and it, this it also can change based off if it, it's a team competition, if it's an individual competition, what's the volume. So the Winter Classic is a three-person competition. So the taper is not going to be as big as it would for somebody who's doing a three-day individual competition. Obviously, that's going to require a lot bigger taper. But yeah, so we'll we'll talk about the Winter Classic specifically. It's a one-day three-person competition on a Saturday. And so really, you're really going to only going to have to taper for a few days leading up to that. So if I was participating in a three day competition on a Saturday, what I would do is I would train normally Monday and Tuesday. And then uh, Wednesday, I would um, take kind of like an active recovery day and, um, you know, do uh, like some aerobic work, some uh, stretching, um, that type of thing. Thursday, I would do a very light day, maybe uh, practice the, some portions of the workout, but not the whole workout. So like, uh, maybe practice like the transition, small sets of each of the, um, workouts, just really quick practicing, quick, uh, crisp movement, fast transitions, getting the heart rate up a little bit and stretching. And then Friday, the day before I would do really light, just cardio and stretching again. So, uh, to review Monday and Tuesday, regular training, uh, you can also even practice a little bit of the movements on those days as well as if you want to. Uh, Wednesday, I would do just really active recovery. Thursday, really short, um, practicing the movements, practicing transitions, uh, crisp movement, that type of thing. And then Friday, uh, just a really light, um, just moving uh, thing. One thing I've learned over the years is I don't like to completely take off the day before a competition because I always feel um, that my body feels better if I've done something the day before. Um, so I like to do definitely do something and get the heart rate up just a touch the day before, but nothing crazy at all, nothing that's going to leave me sore or anything. But I definitely don't want to completely take the day off the day before. I think that was one thing that you taught me years ago was that you just have to trust that a little bit of exercise, you're probably going to feel better than taking two full days off and mm -hmm. having 72 hours where your body almost tightens up. If anything, the benefit is that it's going to keep that range of motion that's going to keep you loose. Um, and then the one thing I'd say too about that cardio is it's easy to try to overdo steady cardio and steady cardio has a, a very taxing effect, even though it doesn't feel like you did Fran. So yeah, a 2159, yeah. it feels harder than a 45, 60 minute light jog bike. But all of a sudden you realize that 60 minutes of cardio actually has a, has a really, um, it can have a taxing effect on you and almost do the opposite. And so I think balancing that out and not feeling like you've got to do too much, but with the other side of that being, I don't think taking two days off is going to be yeah. that necessary because you probably haven't, you probably don't take more than two or three days off ever. So why do that right before you want so, to perform? So for that, I, I would say I wouldn't do more than 15 minutes of easy cardio on Wednesday. Um, if you're going to do that nice and easy, maybe, uh, sit on a rower for 15 minutes where you can do, you know, five minutes on a rower, five minutes on a bike, you know, five minute on a ski or something like that, just nice and easy. And then I would spend a good 15 to 30 minutes of stretching. So if you're normally go to the gym for an hour, you can get all that stuff done well in under an hour. Um, and then Thursday for the, uh, like the sets I would do, you know, maybe one, maybe two sets of like 
three to five reps of each movement with a, like a minute or two rest in between and do that for each of the workouts. So you're, you're really only going to be doing, getting maybe five or six minutes total of work in. Um, and then, um, like I said, extra uh, mobility on that day as well. And then the Friday, the day before I would do really light, just maybe like 10 minutes of like some really light cardio, that type of thing. And then some stretching as well, just enough to where you're breathing a little bit and not feeling like you're coming off a rest day because, you know, typically Sunday is always a rest day. So Monday is always, if you think about it, um, the, the worst day of, of in the gym, getting back into it, your body is used to resting. Um, so we definitely don't want to be in that feeling that way of coming off complete rest going into a a day where we're going to be ramping up the intensity to a whole nother level the big thing that i see too and i think the thing that gives people the most nerves is maybe a skill that is something you're not entirely competent in or not confident in um whether it be trying to do pull-ups fast maybe it's toes to bar i know that's the case for a lot of people and one of the things i see people do is instead of focusing on the mobility and resting so they feel strong when they are there. They get nervous and want to like confirm that they know they can do it and they end up doing 30, 40, 50 reps mm-hmm. of a skill movement thinking they're practicing and it actually brings a little bit of fatigue in. Um, and so I like what you said there about three to five reps, you know, and then taking a break is is something that's appropriate Mm -hmm. for getting the muscle memory but not fatiguing the the specific muscles that you're going to use on those higher skill movements my uh my uh baseball coach in college coach page who's actually a member now he used to say when we would show up to like the regional tournament or something um he'd be like don't be don't be in the bank cage trying to mess with your swing it's time uh, you're at the dance now it's time to dance with the girl you brought and I always thought that was so funny. <laughs> That's perfect. And uh, so think about the week of it's you're at the dance. It's not you know it's not time to be trying to find a new date. It's dance with dance with uh, what you brought. And so think about that. You're not really going to make any improvements on a skill or a lift or that type of thing the week leading up to it. The, all you can do is do too much to take away from your actual game day performance. So um, yeah, run through the movements, do a few reps just to get the feel of it, but you got to trust that the work that you put into it uh, leading up to that point is is sufficient and you're not really going to make any changes and big improvements in the week of. So, um, you know, the time to do all that is leading up to it, but the week of is um, just maybe touch uh, the movements a few reps, get the feel of them, um, and make sure that you're feeling, feeling strong going into Saturday. Okay, so then what about practice? So, like... Uh, most events announce the events two, sometimes three weeks before the event, maybe even some places do a whole month. So you've got two or three weeks before you even step onto the competition floor. Um, you know, I know compared to maybe a professional athlete who's training to go to the CrossFit games, that looks a little bit different um, compared to maybe someone who really does fitness recreationally and enjoys to do a competition or two a year. So what is practicing a workout look like what's the take on that um and then you know what's the time frame look like before leading into the competition so if if you're given the test you would be crazy not to to do the test before uh test day yeah. so like if you're in college and your professor gives you the test a week before um and lets you take it home for a day um you would be crazy not to do the test and see what see how you do see what you need to improve on same thing with workouts like if if you're if the workouts are released do them and practice them so you know how they're going to feel so um i would not do them the week of i would do them as soon as possible after they are announced 
Uh, so if you're doing a three person team, literally get with your team and get a strategy and do the workouts. And then you can circle back and say, what went well, what do we think could have gone a little bit better and do that for every single workout. Like, so for example, the winter classic, um, we have three, uh, workouts that you can go through as a team. I would do, you know, I wouldn't do them all in one day. I would do, you know, one per day, um, as a group, if you can, or if you have to, you know, some people are crunched for time. Maybe you do two in a day. I mean, though, if you have to do them all in one day on like a Saturday, um, that's not the end of the world, but I wouldn't do it the Saturday before the competition. I would at least give yourself a week and a half, two weeks. If you're going to go through, um, the full day all in one day. Um, but try to get them all done, um, before the weekend, before the competition, if you can. And then, um, and then test around, you know, there's one rep max thruster test around with that. Um, get a, pl a really strong plan that you feel, all right, I'm going to have three minutes. I'm probably only going to be able to get three at the most four attempts in. So I need to have a plan where, what I'm going to do the first rep, the first rep that I do, I know for sure I'm going to hit no problem. The second rep is going to be somewhere close to right around what I've hit in practice. And then the third rep is going, trying to be setting a PR, um, and have that plan going into it. So, you know, for exact, you know, exactly how you're going to, uh, do your jumps. So you're not ha having to try to figure it out. And then if you leave yourself time for a fourth, that's kind of where if things go wrong, you don't, you don't quite feel as strong or things went great and you still feel like you can get another one. You have one more attempt in there. Um, but all that stuff, you know, practice beforehand and get it planned out, um, so that you, um, have a game plan and you can make adjustments going into it. But you should, if they announce the, the workouts before you should go into the work, uh, the competition, knowing exactly how you're going to break things up, who is going to be going in what order, how you're going to be doing your lifts, like all that stuff should be done. So on game day, all it is, is, um, is go in and execute. Execution, yeah. There's a, there's an aspect of it. Like you said, when you do it early, you're going to learn so much that you are just sitting around contemplating, guessing, drawing it up on a whiteboard, trying to figure it out, writing down on notepad, what you think you're going to do. If you just go in don't overthink it. Do the workout once. Almost all of those questions that you had will be answered immediately. And so I think a lot of people too, it's really, and, and this is a fun thing. So not, this isn't a bad thing. It's really fun to try to figure out what you're going to do with the workout and how you're going to break it up. But at the end of the day, if you can do the workout as early as possible, do it once, you're going to answer almost all of your questions. And then if it's necessary, then maybe you have one more specific thing. You're not quite sure, but I think like you're talking about, if you can do it early, um, it's going to take so much of the nerves around, oh, what should we do? That's going to get out the window. So all you got to think about is, okay, I need to make sure I'm, I eat good. I drink plenty of water and stay hydrated. And then I'm, I can just go out and have fun. So you just want to, you don't want to have a lot of questions in your mind about what is going to happen. You want to eliminate as many of the unexpected. Mm -hmm. yeah, everyone um, has, everyone has a plan until, you know, you get hit in the mouth and then it's time to fight. Right. I mean, you want to, you want to knock that out early. Um, yeah. So that's what practice is yeah, for. So, yeah, um, absolutely. like when, for like when, when I used to compete, for example, or when, when I'm talking with Merith about a competition or something like that, um, I would know exactly how I'm going to break things up going into the event. Um, and the only thing that changes is if you get in there and you start getting no reps, you might have to change something on the fly. But also if you, if you've done a good enough job of preparation, you can all also have a, a stipulation for that if you get in and get no reps. And obviously if you're competing at the semifinals, that's, that's a whole d different level of, uh, intensity and 
you know, scrutiny on your movements and that type of thing. So if you're doing a local, local competition, you know, it's going to be a little bit less than all that type of stuff, but going into it, like you should, um, if you want to like, obviously this could be a fun thing for somebody. You might be three people from out of town. You just can't even get together to do the workouts together. Um, and you're just going to have to do your best with you can. That's, that's fine. But if your goal is to perform at your best possible level, yeah, then you should go into it. And there should be no question about how you're going to break things up and who's going to do what and what order. The only thing is going to be how fast can we go? And, um, you know, <laughs> trying, trying to, trying to push it to the absolute limit for you. But if you're going, walking on the floor saying, okay, now who's going to do what and, and how many reps am I going to do? And I'm just going to wing it based on how I feel. Uh, in my opinion, you're going to be setting yourself up to really, uh, you know, un- leave, leave some performance, uh, time on the table. What about nutrition? Like, can we, can we transition a little bit to thinking about eating? Because for me, yeah. and this is our world every day, but to me, you get into a competition and often there's an aspect of nerves that sometimes can affect how much people eat. That was always my biggest thing was I would get more nervous feeling. And so what that would do is it would lead me to be so caught up fatiguing myself thinking about it that I didn't feel like eating. And then you go into something underfed and all of a sudden you're um, you're lacking energy mm-hmm. and you spent all that time thinking about you know, the wrong thing. And so I think for, for us, it just comes down to trying to make sure that you have a plan for nutrition the day before and that you're, um, the day of you have a plan for what you're going to be doing throughout the day, because for this event in particular, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a full day event. We can talk maybe at the end about one-off events mm-hmm. that may be one thing. Let me, uh, let me give a quick, story real quick that'll kind of illustrate how important nutrition is but my second year of competing in at regionals um i was still doing really strict paleo and i had gotten super lean by this point but i was eating fish and veggies and sweet potatoes and that was pretty much all i ate well i went to compete at regionals in the first day we had a workout and i ended up doing really well on the workout um and then um i think i can't remember there was another like um um, I can't remember the events in order or whatever, but there was two events on the first day and then, um, uh, oh yeah, one of them was Diane and then the other one was like a longer workout that I did well. And then the next day there was an event in the morning and then that evening was like a workout that was a 25 minute time cap. Well, like I said, I was eating strict paleo. I was not hardly eating anything in between events and I got into that 25 minute workout and I literally blacked out and I still to this day remember like the first one or two minutes of the workout and then like the last one or two minutes and there's like a 20 minute period where I don't remember any of it and I had a friend watch me and said I was like walking sideways and almost you know crooked to the pull-up bar and that type of thing and there's pictures of me from that event and my eyes just like look like I'm not there and I just was so under fueled and like had no energy whatsoever that I just like blacked out and mm-hmm. it came and I, I crashed and burned and I got almost last place on that workout on a workout that should have been a good one for me based off the movements. And that night, uh, I literally went and I was, you know, disappointed in my overall performance and I knew I was going to get cut the last day and all that was left was like a snatch event. And I literally, I think I ate over 10,000 calories that night. I was so hungry. I just could not stop eating. And all that to say, I learned through that, that I need to be fueling way better when I, when I'm, uh, competing and these types of events, you burn so many calories, way more than you realize because there's nerves, there's anxiety, you're, you're putting out adrenaline all day, you're nervous and it's hard to eat during the day. So 
you have to have a really uh, solid nutrition uh, strategy going into it on what you're going to do. And you have to make yourself eat in between events. You just have to. So the night before, uh, actually, we all know what Michael Scott would say yeah, about yeah. Uh, yeah. leaning up to it the whole week. Really, you need to be make sure you're getting extra carbs and extra fat, you know, especially the last few days and making sure you're hydrating, getting plenty of water and electrolytes leading up to it. So the night before, obviously, you want to get a little bit extra carbs and fat as well. So you're going to have, you know, top off all your energy stores. Um, so the morning of, typically what I would always do is eat after this point, you know, after all that happened, I would eat a big breakfast, um, a lot of uh, carbs and uh, like fruit, you know, oatmeal, uh, that type of thing, and a decent amount of fat because the fat would kind of sit on, on my stomach and uh, give me a little bit longer energy burn and some protein, but not a ton of protein. Um, and eat that, you know, probably three hours before your first event. And then at that point, once the competition starts, I'm not, you're, I'm never eating a full meal at that point. It's always kind of like snack type stuff, fruit, um, easy to digest, fast absorbing, uh, carbs, that type of thing. If you're feeling really hungry, you can have a little bit of, you know, fat, like some nuts or something like that. Um, and then I'll having a protein shake after each workout as well. So, um, some people like baby food really work for me. There's like some, you know, fuel for fires, that type of thing works really well for people, fast absorbing carbs. Um, some people have done like uncrustables and stuff like that. That works really well. Um, you just want to make sure after each event, you're getting a decent amount of carbs. I would say probably at least 50 grams. Um, maybe, maybe even to a hundred, depending on how, how, um, hard the workout was. And I would have that after every single workout as well as a protein shake. And then make sure you're, um, you're drinking, um, plenty of water. And then after the workout's done, after the competition is done, that's when the fun part is. And you can go eat, you know, just eat whatever you want for, for the whole night to just kind of recover. The thing that I heard you say there that, um, people might have just glanced over you when you talk about trying to have that first big meal three hours before your event that's going to be the last meal that you eat for potentially mm-hmm. eight hours yep. you know from nine to four o'clock and so uh all of a sudden that becomes the reality that you probably need to wake up a little bit earlier than you normally would uh and so i would on this case especially because the first event is in the morning and some people may not be used to working out in the morning you want to you don't want to wake up at 7:30, you know, try to grab a small little thing and then be rushing out the door nervous and get to the gym and try to try to get the nervous system going. I I think it's best to wake up a little bit earlier than normal um and give yourself enough time for your central nervous system to wake up a little bit. Um that's going to give you enough time to drink some electrolytes and some water before that hour mark cuz you really want to stop consuming things at least an hour before, I would say. And so you just try to time it with when you think your first event's going to be and when you need to get up and get moving. And I don't think it'll ever hurt to get up a little bit earlier on those days Mm -hmm. um, because that's going to give you plenty of time to just slowly eat things um, and still get all that food in before that first event. And so that'll give you plenty of time. So the the Winter Classic will start at 9 a.m. So if you're in the first heat, um, the latest I would eat, it would be 6.30. Um, and I would eat a big meal at six thirty. So if you're, if you're going at 10, um, the latest I would eat would be seven. So n- if you're competing, um, no matter when you go, the latest I would eat is seven and I would try, probably try to eat at six thirty. So if you, even if you can just get up and first thing eat, you know, close to a thousand calories at that point of carbs and fat and a little bit of protein, 
And then that's what really is going to stick on your stomach for most of the day. And then the rest of the day after each workout, you're having probably 50 to 75 grams of carbs um, and some protein after each workout. That's really going to kind of sustain you through the whole day. And what about my favorite topic, caffeine? Uh, What, you know, as far as um, morning goes, like a lot of people, like you said, Caleb, aren't used to maybe getting up uh, and like having a big meal and then doing some activity on that big meal. As far as caffeine consumption goes, I mean, we're all different. Everyone digests it differently, but... Um, as far as timing of caffeine, I've had a few people ask me that, like I'll, how, before, after, during, those kind of things. Yeah, I'd be curious to know kind of Hunter's experience, but I, I think what we know about caffeine is that you have caffeine stores, and once they're filled up, then you, you're not really getting the same stimulus from more caffeine. Um, if, in my experience, competition day, I don't need it near as much caffeine because there's so much adrenaline just from being in that, that I think that use the caffeine around when you really want, I think when you want to get your heart rate to try to stay down, you're doing a salt bike, burpee box, jump overs, wall balls. The goal is not to have the highest heart rate, but a one rep max thruster, you know, getting the heart rate up is going to be a great benefit. Um, I think what we're trying to do in this event in particular is you're trying to exercise fast and keep your heart rate as low as you can or in, in a place where you can perform well. Um, so I think for me that this is probably one of the, I need caffeine more on just a normal Thursday yeah. when you're like, man, I'm just kind of dragging. I'm a little sore, but on game day, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just load up the pre-workout at 6 a.m. because you've got a long day. And what we know about keeping your heart rate up is your heart rate's going to be higher than normal all day. And after six, seven hours of having a heart rate that's 30 beats more on average than your normal, you're going to have a level of fatigue that no amount of caffeine can. So I think I would try to manage that as best as possible. I would keep your day to day as similar to your normal day as possible. So I would not just go in and start adding in all these supplements that you never take. Um, as far as caffeine goes, I would usually just have like some coffee, a cup of coffee in the morning, and that would be the only caffeine I'd have through the day. I would not recommend, ha- recommend having caffeine in between events at all. Now, maybe a little bit before the one rep max event, if you have one of those might be a little bit of a boost, but like, like Caleb said, you're going to be having so much adrenaline, uh, putting out, like you don't want to add even more stimulants into that as well. So, um, a cup of coffee in the morning. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Get you wake up and going. But once the competition starts, I would really, um, try to avoid any kind of pre-workout or anything, unless you have some just before the one rep max event, but definitely not before any of the other events where your heart rate's going to be getting up anyways. And don't do anything that you haven't already done. Like don't try, uh, I've, I found this new pre-workout. I'm going to try it out on competition day. Going to get jacked. Yeah, don't, do, <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't ever change or try to add anything new that you haven't been haven't done already. Um, you want to try to keep your day as similar to every other day as possible. The one big thing that I would pay attention to is when is your, you want your stomach to feel good. And so I would, I would avoid the Michael Scott, the Alfredo sauce, the high rich, the rich dairy, um, corn is not a digested food. You know, I would try to just eat as plain as possible, but also, don't eat so plain that it's just dry and you can't eat enough calories. So you've got to try to balance eating enough. Don't try to focus on high-quality food like Hunter was saying. Don't go with the broccoli and, and plain fish you know, the night before. But you also want to try to balance that with not going with, a, with an Alfredo sauce or something that's really spicy. 
and something that potentially is going to lead to that upset stomach and you not absorbing the nutrients in the food that you're eating because your stomach's upset. So really lean into some foods that you know are safe, that yep. you know you respond well because you just don't want that acid reflux to start burning the first time you go to the floor because those are the things that no matter how much you prepare for, you can have the best plan in the world. But if you start having a burning in your stomach or your stomach doesn't feel great, it's going gonna, it's gonna to wipe all of that preparation out. That's the biggest thing is you want to control as many of the variables as you can. And so you want to eliminate uh, all as many unknowns as possible. So you want as much as you can control and you know um, is your body will respond well to it. You want to control as many of those aspects as you can. So that's how much sleep you get, what you're eating, how much water you're getting, eating stuff that you're used to eating. All that type of stuff should be second nature to you, and you know that it's you're not going to have any adverse effects with. Um, and so, every the only thing that is up in the air is how you're going to compete compared to everybody else. That's and you should already know how you're, um, you know, how you're going to break everything up. So control as much as many of the things that are within your control, and don't vary from anything that you're used to already doing. Um, and you know, just try to try to set yourself up to be. Uh, there's no questions going into game day. I know exactly what I'm going to be eating. I know how I'm going to be breaking up the workouts. Um, I know when I'm going to be eating and all that type of stuff. And then um, the only thing that you have to really worry about is performing your best when you actually get on the floor. Yeah, something I, I heard both of you all mention and something that I think, a, again, could probably never be uh, said enough is hydration and electrolytes especially uh, just and also just just plain water just being hydrated um you know when we were when we were doing a lot of the spartan race stuff uh back when i was in undergrad um you know we'd have sometimes we'd have you know three four hour training sessions non-stop and i mean of course the intensity wasn't as high as you would expect like at a typical you know crossfit style training event but uh, you know there'd be sometimes in the middle of august in hattiesburg mississippi where we're carrying you know, heavy weights for, you know, quarter mile, half a mile. Um, and by the time you, you set down the sandbag, it's just everything's drenched in sweat. And, you know, I don't think you typically feel the dehydration like in the moment, but it's once you kind of sit down and settle down and you get ready to recover for after that event. So, you know, as far as, as, as hydrating before and, and having the electrolyte supplement or um, just staying hydrated that day before, maybe avoiding alcohol that, that day before. So you're not putting yourself in. A, I think that's a good, it's, bet. that's a man. man thanks for mentioning Believe that. Believe it or not. Would, that's actually a, you know, a big I, thing. I would, I would avoid the, the alcohol. Um, if you're planning on doing four events the next yeah. day. Yeah. I mean, you know, surprise, shocker. Save the alcohol for after <laughs> yeah. the, the competition. Um, and so, yeah, may have made that mistake too many times um you're just thinking back to your days just thinking back to all the things i've done wrong um and it was it was involving both of those things is long distance and alcohol um but all that to be said like as far as um the preparation process goes it's super important the game day having the execution having the plan knowing how you're going to go attack it having your nutrition set up but as soon as the event's over as soon as the day is over and you've done the work and hey you put in a really good effort um, what is the immediate following 24 hours and maybe even up to like week after a big competition weekend, especially if you're someone who doesn't do them often, mm-hmm. what should that look like and how would you do that? Um, I that? think celebrate that you did something hard, um, and enjoy the rest of your day with your, with your teammates and eat whatever you want and don't feel guilty about it at all because no matter how much you eat, you're probably not even you're still going to be at a calorie deficit because you have burned so much so 
um, enjoy it and have fun. And I would rest, do nothing the next day, just literally lay around and do nothing. Um, and then easing back into it the following week, um, I would drop the intensity and the workouts down. I would definitely go and, and work out and, um, get moving, but I would drop the intensity down, keep the weights light, try to move, try to stretch a lot, try to hydrate. Um, at, at least for the first couple of days of the following week, depending on how fast you bounce back and how quickly you feel up to start hitting some intensity. Um, but just getting moving, getting back, you know, the blood flow and that type of thing, um, would be, you know, the biggest thing, um, you know, for a one day competition, really, it's only going to be a couple of days of easing back into it before you feel good. You know, if you're doing like a three day comp individual competition, yeah, you're probably going to need to take a week off after that. But for a one day competition, um, take a day, do nothing and then kind of ease back into it for a few days. And then towards the end of the next week, you should be, you know, feeling close to back to normal. But, um, ultimately r remind yourself that this is for fun and it, you know, you're not defined by how you finish in the competition, whether you get first or last, we will celebrate you and cheer you on. And, um, you did something hard that most people won't do. And, um, you know, don't take too much from it either way and enjoy it. And remember that it's ultimately meant to be fun and um yeah i think it's easy to it's hard it's hard for me to eat enough that like even after the event because you're so exhausted i think a lot of people they end up going to bed early they end up not you know oh let's go out to eat and they get there and they're just like i just can't even eat i'm not even hungry and so understanding that the next day those rules probably still apply as well to don't worry about what you're eating don't go back to you know counting your calories the next day to a deficit just try to eat it's probably going to take you a day or two to get uh to get the calories back up so that you can your body can at least recover from that and you're not operating in this just chronic deficiency for a week and just can't get going again so that's the other thing i would say is that it probably is going to be a two-day process of trying to get up to back to normal just based off the expenditure okay. here's another maybe a different uh time frame of topics but so we've got a weekend event like the coyote classic um what about maybe say leading up to the open open prep open um time whenever the open drops that's coming up that's coming up soon um i've had a few people ask me hey how how can we go about yeah. making sure we're prepared for the open so what about that i'll tell you what let's do another episode on that specifically because that'll be a little bit longer of a discussion but just in general, the open is one workout a week, so it's not going to be quite as much of a um, taper and, and preparation, all that type of stuff. Also, you're not going to know the workout until the pretty much the day that you're going to do it, so it's a little bit different. Unless um, they get spoiled. And yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it is a little bit different, um, and we can go into depth on that, but um, I would say you don't need to change a whole lot uh, for your week-to-week -week for the open specifically because that will be built into – um, especially at Coyote, that'll be built into the weekly program. And so um, we will be designing the workouts to prepare you to be able to hit the workout hard on Friday. And hopefully um, with the workouts we've, we've been doing, you'll be well prepared for whatever they throw at us. And I really feel confidently about that. But we'll do a full episode on that in the future as well. So cool. to be determined, Tyler, you will stay still... Yeah, yeah, uh, stay the tuned. answer is don't change anything. Yeah. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. Keep showing up. The more things change, yeah, yeah. the more they stay the same. Hey, my takeaway from today, I cannot emphasize enough the the hydration idea. I think it's super easy to think about how we're going to break up the workout and what are we going to eat, but we forget that there is, from my personal experience, 
when I underperform or don't feel energized, it is almost always a an electrolyte or water hydration deficiency. And that was one of my biggest takeaways from an event that I got ready for and did not wake up early enough to drink enough for. And if you cramp, if you don't feel that, that fatigue, um, there's nothing that all your preparation, all your skill work, it goes out the window. Yeah. And so the one thing you just have to do is you need to make sure and eat enough and you need to make sure and drink enough before uh, and then at least give yourself a chance to perform well. And so those, that's just the biggest takeaway from this is don't get caught up in breaking up the workout and then not drink enough and feel a little bit depleted throughout the day. That can be a huge sustaining factor for energy levels. So yeah. um, I don't know if we were at the summary portion, but that was my, that's no, my that's big good. takeaway. <laughs> and that's my last thing is do not forget that water, hydration, biolite, all the stuff you know, Shameless load up plug. on it. Plug that by a light. Come on. <laughs> you, All right. Proud I, of that. that was, that was good discussion. And if anybody else has any questions or you're competing and you still want a little bit of help with that, we'd be happy to talk to you, ask your coach about it. And, um, we look forward to watching uh, a lot of Cody people uh, compete in the winter classic. And also, um, if you are doing any other competitions, let us know. Um, we love to celebrate that. So, um, with that, let's move on to outside the box. So, uh, we are in January and uh, the weather is, you know, keeping us on our toes to say the least. So what do you guys got going on uh, this month? I'll, I'll start. I am the, the NFL playoffs start this weekend. It's my favorite sporting event of the year. I love NFL playoffs so much. I can't wait to watch football on Saturday and Sunday and Monday night. And my wife can't wait to watch it with me. <laughs> so uh, we got that going on. We're also uh, listing our house next weekend, which will be the weekend that this competition or this this uh episode comes out and so we have a whole lot going on right now and so uh just keep us in in, in your thoughts and prayers because <laughs> we're our life is going to be a whirlwind for the next month or so so um we got a lot going on outside the box and so um yeah that's that's what we got going on caleb what's outside your box hey in keeping with the nfl i'll just uh i'll brag a little bit so every year my favorite thing to do with the nfl and the thing that has made the NFL fun for me is getting to do the Survivor League where we it's a competition where you pick one winner each week and once you pick a team you can't pick them anymore for the rest of the year and so at first it's pretty easy because you pick or it's supposed to be pretty easy because you pick the big upset it's you know the Bills are playing you know whoever and all it's like all right I'm gonna take the Bills right and it gets but as the weeks go on you start getting to where you have to start picking these teams at 500 and maybe even teams with a losing record and so anyway, this year, I actually, we started it and we had 29 people start. And after week three, everyone was out. I was in the last group. So we kind of won, but we decided to start over. And me and this other guy, uh, Wayne, if you're listening. Uh, doubt it. Doubt it. <laughs> me and Wayne. Tune in. Uh, we went on a 14-week run where both of us picked the winners uh for 14 weeks and went all the way through the regular season and we both ended up tying and let me tell you sarah and i it came down to uh it came down to field goals going off the upright it came down to 30 point comebacks the biggest comeback in nfl history kept the streak going so anyway that was one of the most fun things but that paid out we got the dub this year 14 in a row uh and so i'm proud of that I know well you done. guys aren't very proud of me. Well but done. Yeah. Good job. Um, um, yeah. So that was that was fun. Proud of you holding it down. Thanks. Yeah, I love football, specifically the NFL, specifically the NFL on television. Man, 
do I love? All right, tell football. us tell us where you're hunting um, this week. Got a couple of days off. End of next week. Gonna get my my good little burst of uh, of hunting in. Uh, kind of get it out of my system. Like you haven't hunted um, every single weekend for the last month. Yeah, you know when you get sixty five <laughs> days out of three hundred and sixty five days, you try you know you, you try to take advantage of. Got to make it. Count. Um, got to make it count. Exactly. Um, it's kind of like NFL football. It's only year round. Um, but no. Uh, Cassidy actually started her final occupational therapy rotation. Um, so proud of her for stepping into um sort of a a job role that doesn't have some defined parameters so uh that's going to be fun and challenging for her and i'm i'm really enjoying um this this winter that we've had um it's been it's been a fun hunting season got to hunt with a couple of, of members in the gym um so gotten to to do that and so um just for me that's outside of the box that's that's for me the biggest thing is um, just kind of enjoying being outside in this this lovely spring January that we've had. Um, so that's you know it's still duck season for now. Cool man. <laughs> so uh, you guys got anything to recommend before we wrap it up? I uh, I'll just go ahead and start. We um, are rewatching Succession, and it's better the second time than the first. Uh, and I am just loving it. It's so I'm I'm actually getting a little bit different vibe from it the second time through. So. I would recommend rewatching that. Or if, if there's a show that you loved and you've only watched it what, uh, once, I would recommend going back and rewatching because they always get, get a little bit different perspective the second time around. So that's my recommend. I came out, uh, I came out with a top five video for the year that, uh, that you guys can go on and, and check out. I'll put that on uh, a reel. Um, but uh, there's just a, a show that we just started um, called The Peripheral. It's called The Peripheral. Is that it? On Amazon, you tell us the names. Sometimes the names, like books and yeah. TV shows, the proof. Yeah, we watch that. Yeah, um, and we just started it, and it's made by it's. It's kind of I don't know that it's going to be the best show ever, but it's our current show. Uh, Lisa Joy is the director. She directed Westworld, which started awesome and then just took a huge crash. So I'm hoping it stays strong. But um, we started watching that show. Anytime I find a show that me and Sarah both like. It's a lot of fun. We've started, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when we wind down and we're not, you know, at the gym and we're not, you know, active with people, we love to just, like, sit, watch a show. Well, even we've started kind of sometimes, like, pausing it and trying to talk about it. She's got a really great uh, – she's very good at being able to follow the storylines and predicting things, and so we're kind of going – uh, we go through shows like that together, and it's become a lot more active process. So that's our show right now, Peripheral. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, and it's it's pretty entertaining. Uh, nice. We'll, we'll give that a go. I liked your top five. Thanks. Uh, that was a good one. Um, I'm going to recommend uh, – I'm a big Goggins fan. Um, I know a lot, of, a lot of people in the gym, we've talked about it. So he's got a new book out if you haven't uh, gotten on that yet. Um, s- surprisingly, it's called Never Finished because, I mean, that guy's never going to stop. I mean, even when he stops, he's – you know, he's David Goggins. So, uh, unshackled your mind and win the war within. I'm really into, to, I love reading about and learning more about, uh, like war and warriors and Navy SEALs specifically. And that mentality and that mindset, like I just love digging into that, reading about that, learning more about that. So, uh, David Goggins, uh, never finished. Never heard of him. (laughs) You have now. Uh, sounds like a good one. I have to check it out. All right. Um, Good episode today, fellas. That was a lot of fun, and hope it was insightful for you guys. And uh, we will catch you next time.
silky smooth sounds.